welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. Although Walter H. Childs was not native of Brattleboro, he certainly left his mark on our fair town. Born in Wilmington, Vermont in 1853, Childs was the firstborn of two sons. He remained in Wilmington until the age of 16 when his father died suddenly. In that year, 1869, his mother moved to Brattleboro with her two sons. Feeling the responsibility of helping to support his mother and brother, Walter quit school and got a job at the SD Organ Factory. At the time, the organ factory was located where Plaza Park is now, at the corner of Main and Canal Streets. 1869 was a doubly tragic year for Brattleboro, as a fire decimated the east side of Main Street and the Whetstone Brook fled, taking out the Main Street Bridge and the SD Organ Factory just after Childs had begun to work there. Thankfully for him, Jacob Esty was a man who never gave up, and as he rebuilt, Esty took the young Childs under his wing. The Esty organ factory was soon up and running again, with Childs learning bookkeeping, at which he excelled. His keen organizational skills and methodical mind played a key in the role of bookkeeping department for many years. Childs married Clara Davis in 1875, and his curiosity for new technology was ever-growing. Probably encouraged by the many creative and scientific minds he was surrounded by at the Esty organ company. Childs was quick to jump on the new invention, the telephone, which he had read about, in 1878. He connected his Green Street home to Chamberlain's shop in Brooks House Complex, thus making the first telephone line in Brown. In 1880, a telephone line was brought up from Wilmington, and Childs then connected his home with his relatives 20 miles to the west. Soon after, he and his uncle Fred formed the Brattleboro Telephone Exchange, in May of 1890, the Little Brattleboro Telephone Exchange of 200 customers was bought by New England Telephone of Boston for $16,000, and thus Brattleboro was connected by phone to a much larger area. In the early 1880s, Child's interest in meteorology led him to gather some of his friends and build a large wooden anemometer atop Mount Wontasticate. An anemometer measures wind speed and direction. The dial was large enough that people in Brattleboro could use binoculars to view the wind direction. Childs hooked up telegraphic relays from the Mount Wontasicket weather station to his house and also to Randall and Clapp's jewelry shop on the east side of Main Street. The storefront displayed the wind velocity and direction from atop the mountain. Childs recorded all information in his logbook for years on end. He then supplied weather statistics to the local paper, the Vermont Phoenix, who published them daily. Child's weather station was also one of 175 stations throughout New England that scientifically recorded weather conditions for the New England Meteorological Society. Child's was an active member of the Vermont Wheel Club and the Masonic Lodge. In 1891, he probably had no problem gathering a group of men to clear and rebuild the carriage road to the top of Mount Wontasticate. He used the argument that a 20-foot-wide road would allow carriages to ascend and descend the summit, thus allowing not just those who could climb to enjoy the view from the pinnacle. He also was interested in having an easy route to his weather station. Childs had many other interests, from fly fishing to travel, billiards and coin collecting, as well as politics. He was a lifelong Democrat whose closest friend was Dr. James Conlon. Childs convinced Conlon to run for state representative and campaigned heavily for him, which helped Conlon win two terms. Conlon was also friends with Rudyard Kipling, who made his home in Dummerston, in his self-designed house called Nalaka. The three men became good friends, and on Saturday nights, when their wives were in church, the three men would meet at Child's house on Green Street to share whiskey in the dining room and debate such things as the non-existence of an afterlife. Sadly, in 1899, 
Claire Childs died as a result of a botched operation in Massachusetts. Walter was never able to fully recover from his loss. To add to his misery, his sons were grown and made lives for themselves far away, and his good friend Dr. James Conlon died in 1903. On top of all of it, he had to retire from his job at Etsy Organ Company. He had become the head of the financial department, but in 1904, after 35 years of service, Childs retired due to pain in his hands. He could no longer write out the sums necessary to maintain the company's books. His grandson later guessed it was carpal tunnel syndrome. In 1906, after returning from an extended vacation in Bermuda, Walter Childs took his own life. It was speculated that he was depressed from so much loss in the last few years. Family members traveled from as far as Chicago, and many local friends accompanied Mr. Childs' body to Boston via train for cremation. His ashes are entombed in the Childs' mausoleum in Morningside Cemetery, in a rather prominent spot facing south towards the flowing Connecticut River. After Walter Child's death, his good friends erected a four-foot monument dedicated to their friend at the pinnacle of Mount Wantastigan, in the exact location where the weather station once stood. The monument and plaques stand today, though defaced by graffiti. From Child's eulogy, he seemed to know almost everybody. There was no venom under his tongue, no acid in his breast. He was everybody's friend. He was generous according to his means. Oh, how much sweeter and richer the world is because he lived in it three and fifty years. Brattleboro never had a more loyal citizen than Walter H. Childs. This article was written by Lee Ha and is from the latest edition of the Brattleboro Historical Society newsletter. Historical Society members receive the newsletter twice a year. The winter edition of the newsletter features a remembrance of one of the early leaders of the Historical Society, Hazel Anderson. There are also articles about the early Irish settlements along Vernon Street and a chronological overview of the Crosby Mills operation. A history of the Morningside Cemetery can also be found in this edition, as well as updates from the SD Organ Museum. Please consider joining the Historical Society. The annual membership is $25. We could use your support. To join the Society, you can mail a check with your address to Brattleboro Historical Society, 230 Main Street, number 301, Brattleboro, Vermont, 05301. We'd like to thank Maddox, Nina, Annika, Eve, and Ida for reading This Week in Brattleboro History. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.